Hey everybody, welcome back to It Was All a Stream. I am Chris here with my co-host and cousin, Neil. Welcome. What's going on, man? Nothing. I am excited. I am ready to discuss all this stuff. I'm super excited about Star Wars because, Chris, for many years, I've thought that you were a crazy person. And wow. I've we've all tried to take care of you in our own way. And today you're going to reveal to the public how crazy you truly are with your beliefs, with your crazy sure. beliefs. Sure, Neil. Sure. These are, these are, listen, um, these are let me tell you, I'm, I'm coming with, with notes. I'm coming with, <laughs> with deep, deep thoughts. I've got ammo. Coming I'm ready in hot. to go. Um, I have rewatched uh, Force Awakens recently. I obviously rewatched The Last Jedi, which is something we are going to be talking about in the second half of this podcast. That is Indeed. the main focus. And I have rewatched half an hour to 40 minutes of, of uh, Rise of the Skywalker or whatever it's called. Right. Um, so terrible. That's not our, our, our number one uh, talking point today, though, because we have to catch up and discuss the last two episodes of Moon Knight. Yes, we do. Which, I, that show, it, it took a turn for me. I think that's how I'm going to open this up. Did it take it, a turn for the better or not so much? Maybe for the better, but I feel like, here's, here's how I'll, I'll set the stage for this discussion. I feel like the show we got in the last two episodes is not the show we've been watching. I think that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. I it think might be fair. a better show, but it's certainly not the show we've been watching. Like that's, it just was a totally different thing. Yes. I, I, I agree with that. I think it, um, that was the one thing that we've kind of been saying consistently about the show, yeah. even in the first four episodes was there wasn't really one cohesive genre. Right. Which for good or bad, that's kind of how they decided to approach it. Um, I, I think that lack of consistency kind of hurt it a little bit. If they were focused a little bit more on one kind of vibe that could have helped. Um, I do think that people's feelings it about it. Um but let's let's just like dive right into the last two episodes um, where we kind of left off on, you know, the, the fourth episode, which I feel like was the the highlight of the season where they're in the tomb. You have the clicking mummies going after them. Yes. And then you get the 10 minutes of the twist at the end where he's in the asylum. Um I would like to give myself props that I called that he was going to be in some sort of purgatory and that's essentially yep. where he was. So pat, uh, on, the pat on the back to you. Yeah. Um, so, and that's where we pick up in episode five. Episode five is uh, just an info dump basically Correct. of Correct. you are getting the full background of how Mark Spector got there, why he sees his afterlife as a mental hospital, um, 
all of the different rooms in his afterlife, all the, the patient rooms are memories from his life, in particular right. his childhood. Which was a cool idea. I did like that. Very that good piece. idea. A very good way to just give us all the background info, right? Yes. Um, and so we find out that when he was really young, he uh, goes on a little adventure with his younger brother, Randall, who unfortunately passes away during uh, because of an accident while they were exploring a cave right. um mark specter's mother him. blames mark throughout his life and you know this really drives her into a deep depression for the remainder of her her life um so we find out that becomes a really terrible relationship and part of why confirmed mark essentially creates Stephen in his head, uh, the second personality. So Mark was the original. Stephen confirmed is the escape. He's the one who's the the positive. He doesn't see his mother hurting them. Um, He, that's why, you know, he's making calls to the mother thinking that they have a great relationship. Um, He was meant to completely block out the bad in Stephen in uh, Mark's life. Um, what, what, what did you think about all this? I thought, like I said, I think it's a great conceit. I liked the, uh, even though it was an info dump, it was kind of moving. Like it was, it was not a slug to get through. Yes. Correct. And I feel like the early episodes, I was kind of pushing myself through the last two episodes held me. And I think okay. we need more of that. I, I like, and I kind of saw that coming that he was, he was the um, the shield yeah, that of was created. But I like the, let's see here, because I don't want to bleed into the next episode. I like how they did for a, a minute or two keep you guessing. Yeah. Because our bad guy, when he sees the other personality is like oh it's you know he was shocked to see him surface correct so i like the surprises i like the arrangement how every room was a uh, a memory um i like the also which i think is not talked about uh, the fact that the character is multi not racial multi ethnic like he's multi-ethnic yeah he's like got... he's jewish he's english he's got the different the separate and distinct personality he's got you know he's yep. a kind of a world traveler he's not your normal superhero from brooklyn american accent of course. yeah just gonna be you know some non-denominational form right. of judeo-christian it's i i liked that because there was a strong when he came back for Oh, that is that the last one when he comes back? No, no, no. no. He goes no. back for the funeral. Yes, when he goes and back for the that's funeral. That's part one of the memories. Yes. Yeah. I thought it was like it was. They showed you know sitting Shiva. They showed the father kind of having a mm-hmm. meltdown, as it were, and then he has this extreme meltdown. Is the only way to put it in the yeah. street of London, where the other character is born again 
and that was the moment they started bleeding into each other's lives. At the right. Moment. Essentially, Mark was able to kind of control it a little bit yeah. where it's like, okay, I need Steven. So now I'm Steven. Um, but when his mother dies and he doesn't go into the funeral and he's so upset, um, Steven takes over without his permission, um, permission basically. Yeah. yeah. And uh, that's like you said, and Mark says it too in the show, that's where their lives start to, to bleed together and where Steven really had control over the body, um, quote unquote, uh, throughout. We get background on um, how Kanchu yep. found uh, Mark Spector. Um, I have some theories about that as well. What do you think? We'll get into oh, okay. after, like, as we talk about the, the last episode. Um, and then essentially they go on this journey in order to balance their scales so that they could make it to the field of reeds. And, um, Steven gets knocked over the side of the, the boat that they're in and turns to stone. And that for whatever reason balances Mark's scale and he's able to enter the field of reeds. And that's kind of where we leave off in that episode, which again, penultimate episode, it's a nice, uh, it's a nice investment in Egyptian culture and like they're the ancient Egyptian gods and Osiris and Horus and all in Kunshu and all that and their pantheon you know we we deal so much with uh, the Greek gods even the Roman gods to yeah. a degree um, the Norse gods in, in Marvel comics but and also you know we have uh, the 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 Christian pantheon as well in certain aspects, you know, even the X-Men has Azazel and Asriel and names like that, that are taken direct from, yeah. uh, from that system. But I, I did, I did like that visual. Cause I remember when we yeah. started talking about these episodes, I was like, ah, eh, I don't know. Maybe it's just that I'm not that into this. I'm not that invested in their mythology it was a little easier to get involved. Yeah, because this is where they really leaned in. into it. Yeah, they leaned in. That's it. And uh, I like, too, the idea that um, they they say, you know, Mark asks the, the hippo god, Tareddit, I think is the, the right. name of the, that god. Um, oh, so this is the afterlife. And she says, this is an afterlife. Yeah, which was solid that that's that's kind of cool where you're leaving openings where you know obviously there's and they speak of the um the astral plane and you know the the black panther afterlife and obviously there's other like you said greek gods norse gods there's all sorts of gods um in in the marvel you know canon um so that's kind of cool how, how they approach that as well. Um, so we, we pick up in the last episode where um, Mark is in the, the field of reeds. Right. Um, they see that Harrow had freed Amit um, and Amit kills the, the avatars of all the other Egyptian gods. I, well, um, let's talk about how easy... It is to free one of these gods from their imprisonment. You just Simply, smash yeah. the, the statue. 
you just you just knock the statue over. Yeah, I feel maybe like maybe come up with a exactly. better system. The whole maybe come up with a better plot. especially considering they did come up with the better system by the end of the episode. Of the episode. Yeah. It's like you're so afraid of them unleashing this this god, goddess for years and years and they have yeah. to keep her a secret and buried and she's so powerful and scary. But all that needed to happen was like, oh, we, we just we're just gonna we're just yeah. gonna shake I mean, the table. I she's will not. say that you know, it was at least her. She was different than all the other gods, right? Because all the other right. gods are just in that temple and they're in their little cubbies, right? And she had to be buried away at a secret location in the tomb right. of the one guy that we've never found his tomb, Alexander the Great, right? Right. And he's she's like hidden in him as well. So like there were levels to actually finding her, um, but still like obviously you're still leaving that opening by not just you know destroying her. Um, we see that um, so we Layla is back in the picture as well, and back she frees Conchu. Uh, Mark, on the other hand, is in the field of reeds and he refuses to stay because he wants to return to the Duat to rescue Stephen. Yep. Um, and then with Tawarit's help, yes, they're able to escape through the gates of Osiris after Mark gives a wonderful speech to, to Stephen and says, I would rather just be here with you than, you know, very touching moment. That Let's that I think saved the show for me in the in the second to last penultimate and ultimate episodes. The acting that he's doing, yes, is tremendous. Like I will give him that. Yeah, acting against himself, having that emotional reaction from both like two distinct characters in one person mm -hmm. was pretty damn impressive. Oscar Isaac was in his bag this entire show that is a hundred percent he was just firing on all cylinders yes. he was crushing it um regardless of any criticisms anyone might have of the show it's tough to criticize him um so they're able to escape um layla discovers that amit can be rebound to something Right, but it has to be done by avatars, and obviously there are no more avatars except for um, maybe Mark if he comes back to life. Correct. Um, and so she decides to become the at least temporary avatar of Tarredit, and she becomes the Scarlet Scarab. Which I will say, yes. I thought that her costume and everything was badass. I thought her costume was badass. I like that she becomes that avatar and they didn't slide her into the Khonshu avatar. I think, you know, and make her a Moon Knight, which I thought for a second that's where we were heading. Mm -hmm. But beyond that, um, I dug the... Well, how do I phrase when When she makes the transformation and shows up it's she's quasi saving the day but also like oscar isaac and moon knight still do their thing yeah 
Like, I like that, yeah. you know, it's his show or that's that character show, I should say. And they didn't, you know, they didn't give too much away to other characters. They just let, you know, they let the, the finale be. Yes. You know, of course. Yeah. They, they didn't have to juggle too many different personalities yeah. throughout. Um, but I do think she was one of the better parts of the show. Yes, I really enjoyed that character. I thought the actress who played her did a really good job, and I'm glad. I was happy that she got to have her moment as well, and and right. you know get powers and and you know become a larger part of the team there. Um, so then we get kind of you know uh, the situation where now they have to bind uh, Amit with a person so that they could potentially destroy Amit. And so that becomes the goal. So there's a big fight between Moon Knight and uh, Layla and Harrow. And this is where you kind of get like the CGI, you know, the typical Disney plus CGI battle where they're running up a pyramid and fighting each other and doing the whole thing. Um, Not my favorite thing that Marvel does. Um, Yeah you know a, a little bit of a messy ending i felt especially when you get th- to the point where it looks like all has been lost right and again mark blacks out and next thing you know Boom. he has conquered harrow right um essentially just to, to fast forward and get to the good bits they buy bind uh amit to harrow's body uh Conchi wants mark to kill Harrow and Amit, he refuses to do it um, and orders Kanshu to release um, to release Mark and Stephen Grant from his service and so he does that and then we get a uh, after credit scene where um, we see Harrow and Amit in a hospital, mental hospital um, where they are, um, where they're basically taken by a mysterious right. person out of the hospital into a limo. We see Kanchu in the limo, yeah. dressed very dapper, dressed very in a dapper. Suit. And in the driver is who we all thought was the third personality, Jake Lockley. Yes. He turns and he shoots Harrow. Uh, Jake Lockley still basically in the service of Kanchu without the consent of Stephen Grant and uh, Mark Spector. Seemingly and way, Yes, and Kanchu's way of getting around uh, releasing them is that he could still use them because he, he has Jake. Um, and they do have an idea that something's going on because they know neither of them did what they did during their blackouts um but they're kind of it's very weird that they're just choosing to ignore that um well i thought that was a great ending we definitely saw something like that coming it is a plot hole that they choose to ignore it kind of because i assuming we're going to deal with that in season dose but i also like that we end on the same song that we began with because correct i I do enjoy that song that was probably the best thing about the first episode. Oh, yeah. Um, however, I, I was glad it was as it ended as dark as it did 
because it shows that they are going to lean in. Yeah. Like I like, you know, it skirts the edge, but it doesn't pull back too much. It pulls back when, when he has the blackouts so that Disney doesn't have to show some of the violence. Yeah. And that's a good conceit because then Disney can be like, all right, you know what? He did all this. He killed all these people. He's covered in blood, but we don't have to see the violence. We don't have to watch that kind of right. thing. So I dug that. And then, of course, they show some of it. But um, I can accept that as a middle ground for a PG-13 okay. audience. Uh, but that end scene was dark. Like, he kills that guy. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. that guy's gone now. Um, so here's I, – I did think that last blackout – was not necessary like they wanted to tease it one more time to make the the teaser at the end make sense right um i thought it was a little bit of a cop-out um but regardless like it's it was cool seeing jake um we all knew it that's the thing like we all knew that jake was the one operating during the blackouts so i don't know if we needed another one of those to like it's like oh we get it um but I like the idea that in season two, now we're going to explore that third personality. Right. Um, it seems like there would be a focus on him. I do think it's weird, like I said, that Stephen and Mark are just like, eh, ah, whatever, so what? when they're blacking out and neither of them did what they did. Um, here's my theory. Talk Going about. back to the night that Conchu found Mark Spector right. and Mark says, you know, he was on the, that mission and he had his partner who killed right. everyone and then shot him. Do we think that the partner who is uh, a character named Bushman, right? Um, that's his last name. I can't remember his first name. Do we think that Jake is actually the one who killed everybody, including Layla's father? I could see and that. And then Bushman shoots Mark Spector because Jake was freaking out, killing everyone. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because right now we're under the impression that, oh, Bushman just went rogue, killed everybody, and shot Mark intending for him to die, too. Could it possibly be the other way around that Jake killed everyone and Bushman, in defense of himself, shot Jake? I 100%, 100% think that that is exactly what happened because... Gotta be, right? In season two, that's how you piss off uh, Layla Layla again. And you have a conflict between those two characters mm-hmm. and you now have two superhero characters that are angry with each other that can have battles mm-hmm. and be on the same, you know, physical level slash you have Gunshu who's going to have to contend with the rest of the Pantheon because he's, he's a anti-hero at best. Yes. Like he's really a villain. But he technically is. an anti-hero at this moment. Yeah. So I'm curious to see how they how they handle that. Like I I'll be honest. Kanchu is like the punisher of Egyptian gods. The punisher of Egyptian gods. I like that quite a bit. You know? And I will tune in to see 
how they handle this in, in season two, but the show did not blow me away in season one. Okay. Like I, I, yeah, I could easily I walk away, but I am curious to, to see how they handle the gun shoe of it all. And I think we need a little bit more of him in season two. Um, so I don't know if you've given any thought to this, but where would you rank this amongst the other Disney plus shows? In the Marvel world or in just in the, the, the other Disney plus MCU television shows that we've gotten the other Disney plus MCU. I'd say near the bottom, to be honest, like, okay. I, I have enjoyed most others. Um, I, 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 let's like, so like going through, I could could give you mine. So let let me give you mine and then you could, you could think about it as well. So I have, um, I have Moon Knight pretty much in the middle. Really? Um, I think Loki is easily the, the high achievement of, of all the MCU undoubtedly uh, shows. Um, second favorite for me is actually Hawkeye. Wow. Okay. Then I've kind of got like Moon Knight and WandaVision in the same area. I mean, Hawkeye, Moon Knight, WandaVision are all kind of on the same level for me. I yeah. think if I had to put them in order, I would go Hawkeye 2, Moon Knight 3, WandaVision 4. Um, and then Falcon and Winter Soldier is a tier below. And then what if is a tier below that? I, all right. I will say this. I'd probably reach for Moon Knight before I reach for Hawkeye and the Winter Soldier. But Mm -hmm. Loki, I have as a high watermark. I'd go Loki, Hawkeye, Wanda, what if, Moon Knight, and. So uh, you liked what if a lot more than I did. I did. I did like what if a lot more. You know what? Because I, I enjoyed the animation style and I, I enjoy the what if world. Yes. You know, as well. Gotcha. Um, one day we will go over our full MCU rankings. Oh, indeed. Um, because I, I may or may not have a full like tiered ranking of every MCU property mother of god um yeah yeah insane like that um any any last thoughts that we want to leave people with with moon knight um what we're looking forward to in a possible season two um this very much like everyone was waiting to see if this was going to connect at all to the mcu which right it you know we did not get any connection to the the larger mcu um in season one of moon knight so what, give me a little something here. What, what are you thinking? Last thoughts. Uh, last thoughts. I definitely, I want to, I want to see more Gunshu. I'm curious to see how far they lean into mental illness. Cause that's essentially the, the plot of this yep. franchise. And uh, I definitely think there's going to be some kind of, I think more than a big bad, it's going to be an emotional ride between him and Layla. That's what I think. Yeah, I, I think if anything, season one showed that the focus of this show was was as a character study, right? Yes. What happens if a person with multiple personalities was also a superhero 
and now you're 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 adding in for season two uh, basically an evil personality right and how do the other two contend with that when they realize that they have a truly evil side of them um that's going to be an interesting thing to explore um it's, it's going to be an interesting thing to explore and essentially it's like now you have four main characters but three of them are in the same place at the same yes. time all the time great way to to save some money on actors also true and then here's the other thing for me for season two is give me some sort of at least allusion to like midnight suns oh, okay give me some like a, a nod to blade give me a nod to ghost rider yeah. give, oh, you know man. like come on that's what everyone wants i know it is true i know a, a big reason why oscar isaac and ethan hawk signed up was because they felt that Moon Knight stood on its own and didn't need to be connected and you didn't have to watch every other uh, Marvel movie and show to, to be able to watch Moon Knight. But, you know, like, give us a little, a little, something, a little, something, a little taste, you know? Yeah, wet the beak. Uh, all right. What do we got? Let's do this. Let's, let's jump in. It's time. I'm ready for this. The Last Jedi... Yes. Possibly the most dis- divisive movie fact in history. Agreed. Um it got weirdly like political <laughs> is how divisive this movie got. Um there are many who feel that um this was just a, a stain on the Star Wars franchise. And there are others that think it's a, a, a high bar set. Yes. It's old. Um, it's been a while and I feel stained. Okay. So there. yeah, yeah, I, I got that. Thank um, you. So Neil, you are on the side of you dislike this movie. I, how much do you dislike this movie? So let's, let's start with that. If you were giving this movie a, a rating out of five stars. Yes. What would you give this movie? And I guess to, to give it context in addition to that, yeah. where does it rank in your ranking of Star Wars films? Uh, again, all right. So I would give, I mean, obviously A New Hope is a five-star rating. It was the first one ever. It mm-hmm. was interesting. But like my real five-star of the, you know, the franchise is, empire strikes back yes that's for me as well that's that's you compare everything to empire strikes back yes correct also that's pertinent here because this is the second in the sequel trilogy okay so it's in the empire strikes back cat uh section okay and it should technically have that kind of a feel but i would give it a two stars out of five okay because it does give us the things that we have been waiting for. It, introdu- it reintroduces, I won't bury the lead, it reintroduces, uh, you know, Luke Skywalker, which we wanted. It, re- it really gives us a Han Leia relationship we can sink our teeth into, mm-hmm. so to speak. 
And I'm, you know, I'm ready for that. But that's what I, that's the, that's the part that was okay. Like, obviously we, we know what, you know, we get, we know what happens to Han. Well, that's in the first movie though. Yeah. But my thing is in the second, even though, you know, what happens to Han happens to Han, it's Leia's reaction because of their relationship. Gotcha. And that I was okay with. Now we're going to dive into this. I'm going to ask for your rating as well, but that's that what is good about it is what is also killing this movie because they threw away so many opportunities, but what is your contextual rating? So my rating is I give this movie four stars. I'm a big fan of the last Jedi. I agree with you that, um, Five stars, without a doubt, is is Empire Strikes Back. That is a perfect movie. Yes. It's an actual perfect movie. Um, a New Hope is very close to that as well. Definitely. Um, you know, it's if, if there was an in-between, a four and a half and a five star, that's for me where A New Hope would be. But that's, that's very high praise for me. Agreed. Like, um, I don't often give five stars to movies in general, just because it's got to be a, in my mind, a literal a perfect movie. Yeah. Um, so then, you know, I, I feel like this is in the range of, I really enjoy Rogue One. I think that's a, a great Star Wars movie. Um, Definitely. I really enjoy Last Jedi and I really enjoy, um, return of the jedi so like it's kind of in that on that tier for me right right. the the last jedi um so that that is where i would say it is in terms of kind of where where it sits within all of the star wars movies and just what i think of it overall as a movie i i really enjoy this movie i i just feel like i i want to have you drug tested so well, let's because let's that get is into an outrageous it. claim. But let's yeah, go ahead. Let's, let's get, get into, into it. it. What, what do you is... feel are the? What do you feel is the strong? Like let's just go right to the head of the horse. <clears throat> what do you think is the strongest point of this film? So I think there are three things. Okay. That this movie does mm-hmm. at a, a extremely high level. Okay. That makes it a good movie. One is um, it's understanding or it's uh, not understanding, but it's um, delivery of theme. Okay. It understands the message, the underlying message that is trying to get across very well. And I think it delivers it very well. The, and what we is can, that? Message? We can dive in further. Okay. We could dive in further and really get into the weeds. Two is I think it understands character development. Interesting. It, it understands where the the characters are to start the movie, where they from you know threads left by Force Awakens. So it understands where the characters are and where the characters need to be by the end of the movie. And then three, I think it has a very deep understanding of the force and what it is and uh-huh. why it is and how it works and explains it in a way that has not really been explained 
in any other Star Wars movies. Well, I would argue that when they tried to explain the Force in the prequels, everybody panicked and was like, Everyone panicked because what? they s- said midichlorians and, and the whole thing. Yes. Yes. Because they so, tried to tie it with something you could see. It's something tangible. With something tangible. And yeah. this does, a, I think, The Last Jedi does a good job of explaining the Force without having to tie it to something tangible. So those, uh, are the th- those are the three big things okay. that I think make this a good movie for me. And we could dive into each one. I would argue that it getting the story or the message clear or right or whatever it is, I would argue that that's the first untrue thing because I watched that okay. movie again and I feel like I lost the, the story. I, I left <clears throat> Force Awakens which literally the it's reawakening the force has awakened in a character uh-huh. and it sets all this stuff in motion you've got essentially the new empire in the first order i get and i'm okay with there being remnants of the empire because no regime especially one that's spread out across the galaxy would just crumble in a day there's going right. to be, you know, you have to reinstate the Republic. You've got to wipe out the last strongholds of all this stuff. That's why I think, uh, that's why I think Mandalorian works really well because yes. it's set mm-hmm. like within in five years. Time. Yeah. Yeah. And so you're seeing, you know, mo- grand mops and old em- empire uniforms and things like that. I get it. Like that makes sense to me because it's that in between time. This is 20 years later. Coruscant, as we'll see in the next film, is, the you know, we're back in the Republic. We have a leader again, a chancellor, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. An elected government. The notion that, that Ray would have these powers and go in search of Luke Skywalker is all good until you get to Luke Skywalker and then you lose the story. And why is that, that you lose the story there for you? Okay. For me, the greatest weakness of this movie is, and it pains me to say it because I love Mark Hamill and I wished I could see what he really could have done is Luke Skywalker. She shows up to the last Jedi in the galaxy. Mm -hmm. Okay. The last living Jedi in the galaxy. And he was the font of hope and optimism and goodness and everything that was the force up till then and now he's this crotchety old man who just decided to give up like it is the antithesis so of what this what we've done up till now it's the antithesis i want to push back against that because i think there's there's what we're actually shown of luke in the original trilogy and what a lot of star wars fans have built up what luke is in their minds because luke throughout the trilogy and including after he becomes a Jedi master is full of conflict. 
Yes, but he's throughout. But always, he is confident always. that so, the the that the light side, the Jedi, is the way. He's not really always that confident. I, Explain I mean, yourself. He he. he doubts a lot what's going i mean you could just take look at um his training with yoda right the consistent complaining size matters empire strikes back where he's like i need to like this is working what are we doing i'm i'm wasting my time here i can't lift the thing i can't like full of negativity not an optimist in the slightest um and you have this um this um He's anxious Darkness to be as well a Jedi. because he he is he is right. but even in like that final battle right uh, with Darth Vader and and uh, Palpatine Palpatine senses that oh me you know there's a battle between like Luke trying to lure Vader back right. to the good side and Vader trying to lure Luke still to the dark side because there's still that potential in that battle that they but, see. It might not be a, a big potential, right. but it's still there. And you but have that's... Luke also almost killing Dude. Darth Vader as but well. That's He's the best argument for my and, point. And that's the best argument for my point. He, he in that moment ends the conflict. Right. So now, so totally submits now, to the light though. side of the force. But here's where, you, where you're, this is where I think, like, where I say, okay, you have the character where they stand, right, through where they need to be by the end, right? Yes. So yes. you have a character who it's for good or bad is set up in the Force Awakens as someone who has disappeared and does not want to be found. Right? right that's set up in force awakens how could luke having been ever the the optimist and yes. and all of this that you say he is how could he go off while his friends are all fighting the first order allow right. the first order to rise to power and not have any jedis underneath him right how could that happen without him they like how could without uh, with him being the person that you say he is yes so this is my this is my issue one they they did this they had him go off he doesn't want to be found but he was so committed to the force in uh or rather so committed to his friends in Empire Strikes Back that he left his training early. Yoda, Obi-Wan, they're like, don't go. You have to stay here. You're not ready. My friends are in pain. They need Mm -hmm. me. Mm -hmm. But that's what's proving my point. Now you get to him. So I I agree. So here's here's the thing, though. You you have the setup at the beginning of Last Jedi. You right. have what I just said. He's gone. So now what The Last Jedi does is it actually answers that question, right? It says, okay, here's what we have. What could possibly have brought Luke to this point where he isn't going to his friend's aid? And that's where the the only answer to that is he feels like he's helping his friends by not 
being involved. He has now gotten to the point where he feels like the Jedi are throwing the force, everything off balance and the evil and the dark side keeps coming back and keeps coming to power because there's a cycle. The Jedi come to power, then the dark side, then the Jedi, then the dark side. And so by, and he's, he is wrong, but his logic is if I remove the Jedi and I remove myself from that equation, we're giving a better chance from the evil to be able to rise up again and again and again. And he sees the mistakes that the Jedi have consistently made throughout history of the star Wars movies and says, maybe this isn't a good thing. Maybe um, he, he, this is where also the understanding of the force comes in. Right. Right. Because the force, as he explains, is not just, is not the, the light side. The force is something that is used by the light and the dark. So the force is is everything and there's balance to it. So in like the the prequels, when they're saying they need to, you know, overcome the dark side in order to bring balance to the force, that's not true balance. That just means that there's the the dark side is gone and, and the light is up here. That's not actual balance. That's not what the force is. Yeah. So he's saying, I need to, I, he's removing himself. He feels like that's best for his friends. That's he, he, um, he's seen the road that the Jedi have gone down. He's seen what he's experienced when trying to bring back the okay. Jedi to power. And he needs to exit the equation. Whether that's a good answer or not, it's at right. least a logical explanation as to I why he will grant he you exited. I will grant you that that is the narrative that they've created and the story. Like you were talking about catching the story, and they've explained. I'll grant you that. However, in no way this uh, a character who grew up hearing about old Ben Kenobi, the strange hermit Mm -hmm. who lived beyond the Dune Sea, and then traveling and learning from Obi-Wan. And his the whole point of Obi-Wan was that he's like, I need a starship to get me to the Death Star because I gotta I gotta stop this. Okay. It's not I have to remove he removed himself because he needed to be in hiding to protect Luke. Okay, so the yeah, whole the, the hermit aspect yeah. would have been fine had they gone the Obi-Wan hermit road. Okay. So let's grant them everything. Let's grant them uh, Luke sees evil in Ben Solo, which is technically canon. Let's, yes. Okay. Uh, okay. And, and I'm going to get to canon in a minute because that's my other huge disappointment. But let's, he sees evil. There's a misunderstanding. Uh, ben Solo turns on uh, Luke, and just like his uncle Darth Vader, Anakin, yes. slays the younglings, eliminates mm-hmm. the rest of the Jedi. That mm-hmm. explains why there's no, there's no Jedi. Let's grant them all that. Yep. Luke hermitizes. He goes to become a hermit. Yep. There is no chance that he would not leap at the opportunity like Obi Wan did to take this character, Ray under his wing, 
and essentially use Ray like Obi-Wan used Luke to get him back into the game to eliminate the opposition. But it, he, Obi-Wan's if, like, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta take this Death Star out. It's like we gotta that, we gotta that's, deal it's a with different, it's a bear. different situation because Obi-Wan became a quote unquote hermit not by choice, and Luke does. Right. So it, Obi-Wan is watching over Luke no, from, but the, let's, from the get-go. I don't know that he... he tech, they, Yes, they're making it seem that he has a choice, but he also goes into hermit hiding because just like Obi-Wan, they're out to kill him. Kylo Ren wants to eliminate Luke Skywalker. Yeah, he's I the last Jedi. I don't know if that's the reason why he's hiding like that though i my sense and my takeaway from the film is he's like i can't like this is i am not good for this battle so i'm out i'm i'm over here i know everyone wants me in it so i get I need that to but that's a worse myself i agree with you so, that's the worst but, explanation but that's what makes it get, a bad movie but but then you get from that thinking to by the end realizing you know you have something where there's that um there's the uh quote that he says that that he says you don't need luke skywalker you think what i'm going to walk out with a laser sword and face the whole first order what what do you think was going to happen here you think that i came to the most unfindable place in the galaxy for no reason at all right right he says it very plainly but then at the end of the movie, he literally does just that. And he takes right. on the entire First Order. Like, it's such a good wraparound Agreed. that they do where he is now, he realizes, you know what, I can still have an impact. The Jedi, there is a place for the Jedi. I may have reluctantly tr- started training Ray because I do see dark in her as well, but I'm, I'm practicing what I preach preach now where, you know, I explain to Ray what the force is and it's all about balance and it's life and it's death. It's the energy uh, around us. Right. And I need to understand that, you know, Jedi aren't just all light. Right. And that's what he, he recognizes by the end of the movie. And that's what he sees in Ray. And that's why he goes and finally helps helps out and does what he does indeed Uh, my i'm I'm making at least a a good pitch you're making a good for for those who dislike the movie yes i'm trying to make it because like ultimately listen everyone has their opinion uh uh, of each movie everyone is entitled to that opinion my stance for those who dislike right the last jedi isn't oh you're wrong it's I find it unfortunate that you can't enjoy the movie that the way I do. Right. That's more like, I want to share the enjoyment of, of a movie that I really enjoy. So let's put it, let's reframe the image. I feel that it is not a star Wars film in the way we've come to see and expect star Wars films. Certainly isn't. There's a lot of things that it does that are not the same as Star Wars films, especially given that you're 
you're essentially given a almost beat for beat copy of a new hope with the yes. force awakens correct you're literally given the exact same thing they got us and to back go in. from that to now you have a movie where in my opinion was trying to move star wars forward right where to, to create new things innovate the same way that that original trilogy did and even the now, the, the prequels do as well indeed. um where you well, know let's let's there's a lot of complaints that point yeah, so there's a lot of complaints about yeah. the new aspects of the Force, right? A lot of people right. disliked how Leia Force pulled herself back into the ship. Um, there's a lot of things, but like a lot of what the Force is, like that was all made up on the fly as as the originally tri- original Agreed. trilogy went anyways. But let's talk about moving it in different directions and people's backlash on that we've just lived through a decade of marvel movies where every time we go to the movies to see one we anticipate where they're going based on material provided to us by that point okay the comics we've all read the comics we've all seen the arcs we've all watched or read the intermingled okay uh storylines you know you mentioned earlier how we're going to, you know, you could interweave Ghost Rider and Blade into Moon Knight and all that, because we know, we, we, we know this. They took every book, every comic book, and essentially tossed it. Yeah. At the did. outset of this movie. So I- Force Awakens, Force Awakens made us all believe that we were headed down the road of Ben Solo, that we were headed down the road of a happy Han and Leia relationship, you know, even though, okay, they were kind of broken up, but they would, you know, we thought, all right, they'll come together potentially, obviously, you know, they, they not had possible, a reconciliation, he, but not possible. He, yeah. But again, that's a, the canon, the comics, the things we're used to. So we okay. thought we were heading that way. We thought we were getting what we were getting out of Ben Solo. The, we thought we were getting the Jedi Academy under Luke Skywalker. Mm-hmm. And we thought we were getting, the new republic okay right so i think those are the four themes of canon from the last time we left star wars with return of the jedi to a a new force awakens so i think just like the marvel comics why they chose to just set fire yeah to to -hmm. that is beyond me after they saw the success of the Marvel franchise. So here, I think there's a little bit of nuance there um, in the fact that the Marvel comics came before any films. Agreed. They're pulling from there where the Star Wars movies came before any of the books and the comic books and all that. Um, I can't tell you uh, why they didn't pull from that material and, and keep that material. I think part of the reason why I'm able to enjoy The Last Jedi in the way that I did versus yourself, who was very much into the comics oh, and yes. the, the books, was I never read any of that. That was not part of my Star Wars experience. My only Star Wars experience were the films. And, and essentially, right. that's it. The films, some of the TV shows, and that's it. I never read any of the books. I never read any of the comic books. So, you know, I, I think 
again, that's more, uh, if we want to talk about criticisms of the trilogy as a whole, I think there's a lot of things to criticize about the trilogy as a whole, including how they began, how they ended. You can circle in things with The Last Jedi as well. I don't think yeah. it's completely indefensible. Um, the fact that they just basically didn't have a plan. Right, correct. For the trilogy, like they were going to do that it. That was like the worst idea. It. Yeah, that, that was not a good idea. Now, I also do want to point out, because this is something I remembered as well, is that um, was George Lucas and his plan Tread carefully, for sir. his, no, no, his plan yes. for Luke in his sequel trilogy was also in line with what The Last Jedi did, where he was a hermit off off on his own distance himself from the force that was where george lucas envisioned going with with luke as well yes but he was now he's not in charge of the books and the this and the that yeah and all but that. i don't think so if i recall correctly but i will he say was hermitizing luke but he wasn't cutting him off from the force he was sending him to become yes, like yes, a yes. a super jedi Possible, uh, yeah. I don't, I don't know the specifics, but yeah. I do remember seeing something. I like have that heard as well. now. I mean, as we come to the end of this, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. there, there is something I want to bring up because I, I heard a wild rumor. But before I get to that, okay, I will, I will throw out uh, Benicio del Toro. Okay, and how I despise yes. Benicio del Toro and his role in that film in the star wars world i think that's it's fair to say that that is the weakest part of the film i don't think a film having a weak part means that it's overall a bad film agreed however i think like i'm just going to rattle off mistakes okay mistake number one benicio del toro fair enough mistake number two when they free the like horses from the horse race mm-hmm. scene, the space mm-hmm. horses, they should have been tauntauns. Okay. Okay. They should have been tauntauns. Mistake number three. They should have had. Uh, they should have had Billy D. Williams sitting at the casino at Canto Bite. Okay, that's, that's mean, fine. That would have been a fun thing. That would have been a fun thing. That's where he should have been. Like, okay. Just run by and see that. Um, slash, the other mistake I would say, hmm, is the jokiness of this movie. I think right. it was Jar Jar-esque. I think they were like over the top with their humor a bit. Okay. And I would have grounded it more. So those are my four, like, those are just the big mistakes that they made. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I, I think for the most part, yeah. Benicio del Toro was not everyone's favorite character in that movie. I think that's fair. Um, I think, you know, the, the Tauntaun thing and the Billy D. Williams thing is, is more of a nitpick than a, a biggest mistake for a movie. Like if those are the four biggest mistakes of the movie, that to me does not say this was an atrocity. Interesting. 
that to Very me says like, oh, it would have been nice if Billy D. Williams was in the casino. Yeah, that would have been nice. I don't know if it's making or breaking an entire movie to, uh-huh. to get a cameo from from Billy D. Williams. Uh, but I mean, you know, I'm a big fan of his. He's in the next movie, so that's you know that's something. But I, know, I, I just you know, there's only so much you can do. Um, here's here's what I would like to do though. What would you like to do? Um, because this is a very wide ranging film we could go on about different areas of it like we essentially only talked about luke skywalker which yes is he's definitely the most divisive piece of this film i would say right um i have a pitch for you that i would like to make yes for a 10th star wars film good lord sir because are we both in agreement at the very least that Rise of the Skywalker was not a good film. <sighs> Is it fair to say, like, whatever crutch you want to give it where you say, oh, it had to do things because of Last Jedi, whatever it is, whatever, it is yes. not a good film. I, I will say this. I will reach for that film before I would reach for the last Jedi. Okay. But I agree. It is not a great film. Okay. I there's agree a lot of things in it that and don't I do make have sense. several crutches, but yes, there's many things in it that don't make sense. Okay. So here's, here's my pitch for you. I would like to make a 10th star Wars film. So that because we've already established that we're not getting a redo of those movies. We're not getting a redo. So well, I, I would like to propose a 10th Star Wars film in order yes. to fix the last trilogy. I would like it to be called Duel of the Fates, which oh. was the intended yes. title for Rise of Skywalker. Totes and agreed. I essentially would like it to start, and this is a little bit of shade being thrown at J.J. Abrams. Um, if, if you were a watcher of Lost, you'd understand this. That essentially, Rise of Skywalker is a dream that Rey awakes from in the 10th Star Wars film, uh-huh. Duel of the Fates. <clears throat> okay. It was, all, it was all a dream, and she is not actually the granddaughter of Palpatine. That was a nightmare that she had. And now we can proceed, having left, uh, proceed from The Last Jedi with what we're giving at, with The Last Jedi and make at least sense and tie all things together with this last franchise. And I think that little you know, twist of the knife of it was a dream is a good one against J.J. Abrams because... Spoiler alert, that's right. how Lost ends, is the, the f- season finale, it was literally all a dream, everything a that dream. had happened on Lost. And that's something, too, that J.J. Abrams is very much known for. He's very much known for setting up mystery boxes, which he right. does in Force, the Wa- Force Awakens, also and true. not answering anything, not telling Yes, anything. that is his now, style. Here's why I want this to be 
called Duel of the Fates. And I want this to very much be a focus on Rey and on Kylo Ren. Because I think one of the biggest mistakes that they made in Rise of Skywalker, again, whether you think it's because they had a crutch or not, is the fact that they didn't lean into Kylo just being the villain on his own. I agree with that. He needed to have someone like a Palpatine above him because their game plan in their eyes, they needed to basically make him Darth Vader and bring him back to the the light by the end of the movie. Correct. My opinion, they didn't need to do that. Let him just be the bad guy. Let him never see the light again. Plus, if they do that, then you're at least giving a little bit more legitimacy to one of the major complaints about Last Jedi, where Luke at least thinks about killing Kylo, considers it. Kylo Ren is, as was shown in Force Awakens, he's basically commits like billions of murders or is an associate of billions of of murders with, you know, five, six planets being blown up at the same time. He is a bad dude and not someone who anyone should want to be back on their side and should not have any type of um, reclamation or, or anything like that. So I I think it should be called Duel of the Fates, and it's Duel of the Fates because Kylo Ren believes that it's his fate to rule the galaxy, right? Uh, That his his grandfather he is fated to do that. His story has been written, and that is how it needs to conclude. Whereas Rey believes she's writing her own story. And she is not fated to do anything. She is someone who is making her own story. That's where we're leaving off. That's where we left off with her in Last Jedi and where we could continue in this story. I have no problem and those with that. those fates are dueling but he, yes, against dueling. each other. I see what you did there. Thank you. Stained. I Here's the thing. I feel like that fits in with The Force Awakens. Okay? And I feel like the, the Last Jedi does not forward the story you're trying to tell so i disagree with that because and here's why and this was these were notes that i took as well um so in force awakens when you look at like character development and you know every movie uh character has a want and a need right yeah and sometimes those two things line up most of the time, a character thinks they they need something, but it's really something they want, and what they actually need is what they learn by the end, right. right? So in Force Awakens, you take someone like Rey. She has um, always been looking for, for someone else to support her, right? So you have in Force Awakens, Family. she feels like she she wants to have an adventure but she feels like she needs to be staying home waiting for her parents right her parents left her there for a reason that's what she should be doing and then as the movie goes on she realizes no i have this power within me that i've always suppressed because i'm trying to stay on this planet and now this power has it awakened right that's where we leave off then in last jedi she's like okay, I have this power. 
I'm on this adventure, but I have no idea what to do with it. I don't want this responsibility. I need to pass it off to someone. Let me go find Luke. I need to find Luke. He needs to come save us. I can't be the one to save us. Luke has already done it. He needs to be the one. And by the end of the movie, when she goes and she rescues everyone from the fort, she now realizes, no, I'm someone who can do all of these things as well. So that's where we get. That's her progression. I'm, I'm fine with that. But I would also say, without belaboring the point, Luke does not do what you're giving him credit for doing, which is essentially training her upright and sending her on away and giving her the tools she needs in order. No, to do he it doesn't. She, yeah. but that's part of it is she was able to do a lot of it on her own. Yeah. Which again, fine, but waste of Luke Skywalker. Maybe if you want to say waste that, of Luke Skywalker. maybe. And, and I would, I would say this. Uh, like I'm eliminating because I don't have a like there was some criticism of this movie that was like oh it was too progressive it was too female character based it was two things like that yeah, I, and, I think we're both unconcerned with those yeah things. we're unconcerned with that so, because yeah. Ray uh, she did an amazing job the, the actress did an amazing job mm-hmm. I had no problem believing uh, and 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 following her on this journey like she carried the movie she did an excellent mm-hmm. job i feel like if there's any truth to any of that it's the diminished role for luke skywalker because essentially in the third movie you get um you get princess leia you get carrie fisher taking on that role of trainer of training her Mm-hmm. So yep. I, again, like I just, I just feel like they had all the tools, and they didn't use the tools. Well, I think the part of the problem I feel like they left a lot of colors in the box. They needed to unleash Ray. They needed to make it where oh, she, she didn't. She needed to be Return of the Jedi Luke in well, in Rise of Skywalker. I yes, yes, essentially she should have been fully trained. Well, she's ready like to ready roll. to go. Yes, ready to go. hundred percent. Hundred percent. Yep. And like there didn't need to be a timeline. Like it didn't need to be. Oh, that we're picking up right where we left off. The Return of the Jedi. Of course, of course not. No, happens uh, I like agree. almost a year or two after Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, Han Solo's in that carbonite a while. Yeah. That's why he's blind because oh, yeah. it's like he was in there so long. Absolutely, and I think they would have needed that time to set up a lot of things that went unanswered because, like, yes. why is it? one how did the first order rise to such great power to the point where they're building a death destroy a planet destroying planet right how did that go unnoticed by the republic that we hear nothing about throughout the trilogy correct um how How did it all go unnoticed right the the rise of the exegol which of course that's a huge plot hole how did all of that go unnoticed include of how did palpatine survive any of it or whatever but uh, just on top of it how is it that you know you sent a signal out in the last jedi to the rest of the galaxy right to help join their fight because right now the rebels 
as they are the alliance there that's all there is is they're on that that salt planet in the fort right and they leave on the millennium falcon at the end of last jedi but they sent out a signal in hopes that people would come and and help why is it that they have to send out a whole nother signal in the third movie and then all of a sudden everyone shows up so like they they needed to establish like no this is a wider ranging thing now across the galaxy and not just like yes a hundred rebels randomly and you know a bunch of ships and now all of a sudden it's at this grand scale in the third movie like there's no it's the the trilogy at least in the first two movies feels very like secluded from everything else going on in this huge galaxy 100 percent. now I'm going to end with this. And I think, I think we could fix it. I do think we could Duel fix it. Duel of the Fates. We could I it. think, and I totally agree with that title. I think Duel of the Fates, our film, could fix it because I like where you were going. I would certainly implement story elements that we were all, us comic book and, and book, Star Wars book readers, okay. were dying to see, waiting okay. to see, thinking of. I mean, not for nothing. Again, I point to I point to uh, Mandalorian and Boba Fett and all that. The reason those things are working is they're leading us to elements from the book. Thrawn was an element from the extended universe, mm-hmm. and everybody's talking about Thrawn. Y- yes, he was in the uh, technically in the um, cartoons, and that's kind of what vaulted it to popularity, but. This is like, we're ready. People know these characters from the books, regardless. I did hear that there was talk about a redo. I don't think they're going to do that. I think this would be tremendous. And I will cite an example. Back in the early aughts, circa 2000. Four or five, I believe. A movie was made called Exorcist The Beginning or The Beginnings. Okay. okay. And it was a prequel to the movie The Exorcist. Yeah. And what's his name was in it. He played Father Marin, the main character. Uh, the guy who whose son is It from It. Skarsgård. Stellan Skarsgård. Stellan Skarsgård was in that movie. They changed directors midstream and they changed the story. And six months after the release of Exorcist Beginnings, they released Exorcist Dominion, which same lead actor, some of the same cast, totally different origin story. And you have essentially a remake of the same movie. So it is possible. It has happened. It is unusual, but I say, let's bring George back. Let's have him write some stuff up. And you know how we open the first movie of the new trilogy, the remake trilogy, and that's what we call it. Okay. You open it on Princess Leia's funeral. And you have Han Solo and Luke Skywalker there, and that's what you do. You open it on her funeral. You can still call it Duel of the Fates because now 
they have to move on from that. Luke has to continue his journey or find his purpose. Okay. All right. Either you include the Ray character or you totally do a whitewash, change everything. Yeah. But I would open on Princess Leia's funeral and roll on. That's I think, what I would do. I think that I, I lean towards just doing a, 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 a soft a softer fix a softer with, fix with a 10th edition mm-hmm. that fixes everything going on and c- basically negates rise of skywalker but still um and i i think there's it's still that way it's not all for nothing and you don't have all of these actors and and filmmakers and crew members and special people that did so much basically waste their time for a decade um yeah that's maybe me being a, a softy but i i feel like it's still fixable out the door they go it's still fixable without they having to do a full read of a it. mockery of our childhood and i'm furious about it furious well, apparently um you know, the uh, I'm just doing a quick look up here to see if there's anything. While there have been rumors, a lot of people say that it's it's preposterous that they would rework the entire sequel trilogy. You back the Disney money truck up to Harrison Ford's house. You call Mark Hamill and say, we're going to make another movie. You're going to have you're actually going to have something to do in this one. And he comes a running. I think that, he did a lot. I think he did a lot in the Last Jedi. I, I just I don't know. He, he actually does does the most out of all three movies. J.J. Abrams. I don't know. Everyone complains about Luke Skywalker and Mark Hamill with the Last Jedi. Meanwhile, J.J. Abrams used him the least. He had two movies to use him and uses him less in those two movies than Ryan Johnson does in the Last Jedi. Because. He was a force ghost by the time you get to Last Jedi. Why couldn't he just be a force ghost throughout throughout Rise of Skywalker? Uh, Why not? Fine, but but do something with it. Yes, agreed. Also, JJ, also, do something it opens, with it, man. It opens with him throwing his father's lightsaber over his shoulder. Yes, because that's where uh, we're, we're not going to go, we're go not gonna through go the whole I, thing again. I just, it's just, it's disgusting. He spent, oh my gosh! Spends I the had original you trilogy. At, at least it's tolerable, and now you're it's, you've you've slid back to disgusting. It is disgusting. <laughs> I have slid right back. It is this. It is an outrage. Oh, my it is a goodness. moral outrage. Oh gosh! Well, this was almost a productive <laughs> conversation. <laughs> almost a yes. Um, let's let's end it here. Um, we have a joint suggestion oh yes uh, for the next podcast uh we will both have seen multiverse of madness by the time next podcast is recorded um, so we're giving you guys time to catch up and see it as well and we are going to do a full deep dive on multiverse of madness as well as potentially previewing um a Star Wars show coming up, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Fact! Which 
I so desperately cannot wait for. It looks I, good. It does it looks look good. very good. That's where um, the magic will be. We thank you all again for listening to another episode. Uh, please, if you're enjoying the podcast, like, subscribe, rate, review, wherever it is that you're listening. We're on all the major podcast platforms. We are also on Neil's website, gluedtothescreen.com. That's glued, the number two, thescreen.com. Neil, what do you got to say to the people? Stream on, everybody.